Good afternoon. Welcome to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, and it is on location for us. We are at NCC, the classic fall edition. Lots of great cattle shows and opportunities taking place for youth over the next couple of days here in Kearney. Speaking of opportunities, that might be the theme we're going to have to go with for this market today. We saw a, a market rally. Is there a double bottom that took place in this market as we we look forward to? Of course, we have the jobs numbers come out. How does that work in with the feds? We'll also take a look at what's going on the dollar, weather, and a lot more on today's edition. As Jim McCormick joins us, Jim, of course, is with agmarket.net. So let's talk about this Friday rally. Not something we're, we're used to as of late. No doubt about it. You know, we are just wrapping up the fall harvest in a lot of locations. Some areas are still fighting it. But, yes, it was a very nice surprise to see a very, very strong performance in pretty much all the grain complex except maybe the bean oil. So let's talk about the rally in general. What what was your biggest takeaway for a Friday? A couple things. I think there's a technical reaction to it. You mentioned it in the opening the corn market. The December corn went down last night, got down to 468, pretty much touched the September low, held it. Then we actually had a reversal in the market and closed above yesterday's high. So you had an outside day up combined with testing and holding the September low. So technically, I think you could argue that maybe we are putting that fall low in on the corn. Now, there's a couple points we've got to watch, um, Susan, to see if we can get through it all. The 20-day moving average is about 585 and three quarters. The 50-day moving average is about Four, excuse me, 485 and three quarters. The 50 days at about 485. That's going to be the next resistance level to take out. But technically, you got a really good sign on that. Beans, they took out their neckline of a potential head and shoulder bottom as well. So you got some technical buying in the beans. And uh, with that, you got a very strong close today. So beyond that, I mean, let's talk about the jobs numbers that came in. Um, less than what we had expected, correct? Correct. I mean, the jobs number came in at 150,000, so we are still creating jobs here in the United States, but definitely not as much as what the market was thinking. And it was really kind of interesting, Susan. You really had kind of a positive reaction to it. I know a lot of people are like, well, why would you have a positive reaction to a jobs number that's actually, quote, unquote, disappointing? Well, with the 150,000 jobs roughly we created, what they're saying now is this pretty much says we're probably at the end of the raising cycle of interest rates. They're done raising interest rates. They're probably not going to lower it, but they're done raising it. And that seemed to give the market a go to come in here and get very aggressive buying stocks. The stock market's going up. But more importantly, in the commodity sector, the dollar was down hard on that news because as the interest rates have been going up, you're pulling money into the United States as people are trying to take advantage of that higher interest rate. But the Fed, essentially the market, signaling that the Fed's done raising rates due to the slowing down of the economy of the weaker jobs number. You saw money pull out of the U.S. dollar. That cheapens our, our currency. But the trade-off is that is going to make our exports more competitive on both the corn and beans and everything else. And that is really what we need right now. We were pretty much price competitive coming into today. The run up in the price might have hurt us a little bit, but that weaker dollar is going to keep us price competitive and hopefully drive some demand that we've been missing recently back to the U.S. shores. And definitely uh, nice to see. I mean, when when the feds talk, everybody listens per se and and nice to kind of give us a glimpse as to what we might see come their next talks next month. Well, that's it. I mean, like I said, my guess right now is we're not going to see any major drops in the interest rates. I mean, unfortunately, if you're a producer and you need to borrow money, it's not going to get any cheaper right now because the one thing we've got to be cautious, Susan, is 
the Fed doesn't want to get caught here in what they did into the late 70s and early 80s, where they had inflation under control. They let off the they let the neck the foot off the inflation in essence, and then we had that secondary push into the 80s that everybody remembers that put us into a farm crisis. So I think the Fed's going to be very nervous about getting too aggressive of cutting rates anytime soon. But just pausing it, you can see the positive reaction in the market. And like I said, if you get the stock market to rally, you get dollar to weaken. That should bring export demand to the U.S., but also a strong economy in the U.S. will hopefully get you know people to go out to eat and help uh, support the protein market. So you talked about that, that break in the dollar. Having said that, does that get us some better competitiveness when it comes to South America? Yes, it does. I mean, so as that dollar gets weaker against their currency, it essentially makes people who the Chinese specifically saying, hey, who do I want to buy from? The weaker dollar allows them to buy more of our product. So, yes, this is exactly what you want to see. The dollar has been in an incredible bull market over the last year, primarily being fed on the higher interest rates because that was bringing money in as people are trying to take advantage of these high interest rates. You know, if you put money in a money market, you're getting a four and a half, five percent. So with these higher rates, it pulled the money in. If the rates are going to top out, it'll suck the money out. Like I said, the currency devalues a little bit. It makes our price products more price competitive, and that drives demand to the U.S. shores. So what are we looking at when it comes to, and we're going to have to probably continue this into the second half, but it's dry in South America in, in some parts. So that could possibly be some benefits as well for U.S. grains. It is going to be a potentially huge benefit, if, especially on the bean side of the equation to begin with. Remember, the U.S. carryout, Susan, is about $220 million. That's a very, very tight number. The world number is going to grow by 15 million metric tons, but that's on the assumption you got a record crop out of South America. With this weather going bad, too wet in the south, too dry in the north, it changes the dynamics direct, dramatically in Brazil. That will be bullish U.S. All right. Well, looking at the uh, speaking of uh, water flow, quickly look at the Midwest water flow. Got some more uh, numbers moving through, makes Mississippi a little bit more compatible. That's actually going to help us, too. Like I said, the weaker dollar, the, we saw barge rates go up a lot when they couldn't load the barges fully loaded due to the low river levels. They're not back to full levels, but they are way off their lows. Barges are moving more freely. Rates are dropping. That makes us even more price competitive. And that helps us get beans out the door into the Chinese, hopefully. All right. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up as we get ready for the second half of the Channel Final Bell. We come back. We'll continue to talk about this weather. What does this really mean for the crops in South America as they are into their planting season? It's the Channel Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Fontenelle Hybrids is combining with Channel and the other nine regional brands to become the new enhanced Channel Seed brand. So what does that mean for you? Well, for starters, a best of both worlds product portfolio as both brands come together in 2025. Also, greater local agronomic support and more innovation and digital tools. Contact your local Fontenelle and Channel Seed professionals today for the best discounts. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. KRVN. Welcome back to the channel. Final bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Jim McCormick. Jim, of course, with agmarket.net. We left off talking a lot of weather and obviously looking at the water flow of the Mississippi, but weather issues, Jim, in South America have definitely put a little pinch in some of this planting progress when you look at areas of uh, southern Brazil and even into Argentina where it's too dry. 
Well, there's no doubt about it. And I think if you want to know why, part of the reason why we were up today, Susan, some of it was the weaker dollar, but there's no doubt about it. There is a real concern about what's going on in Brazil right now. The headline is the northern part of Brazil. They are dealing with dryness issues. There are There is rain, I should say, in the forecast in the next four to five days. And that thought, thought was maybe that put a little bit of pressure on the market. The problem is the new maps took some of the rain out. The longer-range maps are saying essentially Brazil is going to continue to fight heat and dryness issues all the way through their growing season. So the market's concerned about that. But on the flip side, southern Brazil continues to get way, way, way too much rain. And what I mean way too much rain, you know, Paraná, some of those regions down in the southern part of Brazil had over a foot of rain in the last seven days. And they've had almost two and a half feet of rain in a lot since September 1. So they're dealing with some incredible flooding in that portion of the country, which is also going to have an impact on getting the beans planted. And I know you're thinking, Susan, what about corn? Well, if they can't get the beans planted, what happens is they're going to delay the harvest of the beans in the north. That's where we have the big safrina crop, the big secondary crop. That's the crop that gets exported to the world. And if they plant the beans late, they harvest the beans late, they plant the essentially corn late, what happens is they have the risk of running out of water as the monsoon season shuts down, have a short crop. That's what happened a couple of years ago and put us into a world bull market. So even though the corn play may be six months out, we need to keep an eye on it because the drier in the length, the drier in the heat, that's the, essentially the drought and the heat they're dealing with. If that extends, even though it's going to affect the beans first, it will have an impact on the corn. Well, look at uh, what's happening. You're on the eastern corn belt. What are you seeing right now when it comes to harvest progress? Well, right now it's kind of a two-edged sword for the producers in the east. In general, the yields have been very, very good. Record yields in certain locations. A lot of clients are very, very pleasantly surprised in parts of Indiana, Ohio, and Michigan. But there is a trade-off with that. It is a very slow harvest, especially the corn. The corn is very wet, and it's just a very, very you know, limited activity, making progress day to day, but they are slowly working at it. The corn is holding in there. It's standing tall at the moment, but it is a slow harvest. And that's what's going to make it interesting. I think as we have the USDA numbers next week, you know, we are looking for revisions. Traditionally, big crops get bigger, small crops get smaller, but it wouldn't surprise me if that crop actually upticks a little bit next week. And if it would do it, it's probably going to do it on the strength of the big crop in the eastern Corn Belt. I'll switch gears. Um, and uh, well, First, I want to talk about Russia quick before we switch gears to livestock. We need to keep an eye on this wheat market? We do need to keep an eye on the wheat market right now. Russia's talking about limiting Durham exports possibly at the end of the year. But on, on top of it, they continue to be reports that they're dropping sea mines along that corridor that the Ukrainians are trying to get product out. So the product is going out not as fast as the world wants it. But if a ship, I believe, gets hits one of those mines or two and does a lot of damage, it could change the dynamics of the world wheat market very quick. We are really, really low price compared to where we were at the beginning of the war, Susan. But remember, when you look at world stocks to use, so the export of supply of wheat to the consumers of the world, it's actually some of the tightest it's been in about 15 years. So if you would change that wheat dynamic of wheat availability out of the Ukraine, it could change the pricing structure very quick. Also, keep an eye on the weather in Australia. They're dry. If the Australian crop continues to shrink, that should hopefully drive some demand to the U.S. as well. All right. Why did we see such a drop in the cattle today? I think plain and simple, that probably has to do with a little bit of profit taking on a Friday. December cattle hit that 100-day moving average 
couldn't take it out. I think that was enough to mark, make the market pull back. But with the jobs number being a little bit disappointing, that might have had an impact. But the stock market's rallying pretty strong. Keep an eye on how holiday spending goes. If holiday spending reports are strong, that's a good sign for the cattle market, I believe. If you hear reports of holiday spending a little bit weaker as we get closer to Thanksgiving, that could definitely be a red flag for the cattle market. All right, got to see some more push of beef, that's for sure. Well, looking at, uh, you've got an event coming up, and I wanted, as we're wrapping up today's Channel Final Bell, I wanted to talk about a great opportunity for folks to attend a marketing seminar that you guys are hosting. Yes, we are. Thank you for bringing it up. We are hosting our Farming for Profit, Not Price seminar. It's a second one here in Nashville. It's going to be on Sunday, February 4th in the afternoon, and Monday the 5th. We've got a great lineup of speakers, Eric Snodgrass, Dan Bassey, David Hightower, the Ag Market team. Um, we're looking uh, excited about it. There's going to be a lot to talk about just based on the volatility in the world right now. All right. Best way for folks to get a hold of you? Best way to get a hold of us right now is really just go to the website, agmarket.net. Sign up for the sign up for the conference or any research you'd like. All right. Thanks so much. Jim McCormick's been joining us today. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's the Channel Final Bell being brought to you by Channel Seed and your local Channel Seed professional on the Rural Radio Network.